Ready for the word? All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word that you gave me. We thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void, but it accomplishes that that you set it forth to do. And God, I pray right now that, that your word goes out and accomplishes that in the lives and hearts and minds of people who are in this room right now and people watching by live stream on the internet. God, I pray that it, the word finds good soil. And Father, that it, that it be planted deep and grow deep roots. And Lord, that it be fertilized. And Lord, so that it will bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. Lord, that it multiplied in our lives the word of God. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for the anointing. Father, I thank you that you've anointed me to preach your word. I pray, that, Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, that, that you are seen and not me, that your words are heard and not mine. God, because it's, I don't have anything. All I have is what you give me. And God, that's more than enough. But God, in myself, I don't have anything. But God, I just implore you. And God, I beseech you that you just fill me this morning. Anoint me this preach your word with grace and truth. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So this is going this is going to be a little bit uh, interesting this morning, and this is another one of those sermons. I said last week it was a sermon that God gave me in the middle of the night. Woke me up. This was another one that I woke up and this was running through my head. It didn't have far to run, but yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got in that box. got in the good box, hopefully. But it was one of those things. Well, I guess I better stay out here in the, in the light. Um, and I woke up, and I woke up, and, and this was going through my mind. And I was like, well, that's cool. Never thought of it that way. You see it in the, the title. The, the title's Aftermath, and it'll make more sense to you here pretty soon. If you stay with me. <laughs> so please stay with me. Stay awake! Stay awake. Don't fall asleep. I'll try, I'll try to keep you on the edge of your seat, wanting more. Right? It's, as, as, as a speaker, as a preacher, as a pastor, as anybody who speaks, the, the, the idea is to keep your attention so that you hear what's being said, so that you hear the message. And I can't give it to you all at once, because then we'd be leaving in five minutes. But it's to keep you wanting more. It's to keep you engaged. And, you know, I'm tr I try, and the Lord, it's by God's grace, that you stay engaged because sometimes I get a little long-winded. <laughs> wow, I expected everybody to say, Amen! My wife is, land that plane. You know, when, you, when we're growing up, um, we're, we're taught a lot of things. Uh, your parents try to impart you wisdom, and they try to impart to you common sense. And, you know, I've said before that common sense isn't a flower that grows in everyone's garden. And so if you don't have it, find someone who's got that flower in their garden, and, you know, and, and take a cutting and plant it in your garden and, and learn from them. But your parents, they try to teach us things and they, they, they teach us how to do things and teach you, uh, you know, and in school you, 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 you learn things and we're taught in a logical and, and, and an orderly progression, right? How many of you like Helter Skelter? How many of you like 
rabbit trails all over the place and, you know, here, there, and yeah. No, we, we like things logically and we like things in an order. And that's the way we like to do things. And some of us are a little bit more that way than others. And I believe the initials are OCD. You know, some of us want want that order. I, 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 I uh, what was it? It was a camp meeting. The guy with the, yeah, it was a camp meeting last year. There was the, the speaker and he was, he was really OCD. I mean, he, this guy was just over the top OCD. And he didn't like people touching walls. Because, you know, he just had this thing about touching walls. And so the pastor that I was under, uh, his associate in Las Ballas, he was in the back. And, and, he does, and he walked to the back of the wall and he, and he does this. And it just drove the speaker nuts. He's like, he says, Pastor Steve, he said, that's wrong. That's just wrong. You can't do that. But he was over the top OCD. And his family knew he was OCD. And, you know, you can deal with OCD if you know, if you can, if you expect it. You know it's there. Sometimes it's a little hard to deal with when, what? That was a little hard to deal with, you know. Don't touch the walls. But we, we learn by, by being taught. We also learn by trial and error. You know, trial and error is probably the greatest teacher. You know, your parents tell you, don't touch the hot water. Don't touch the, you know, don't touch the stove. Don't touch the stove. And what's the first thing you want to do is touch the stove. And then you touch the stove, and you burn yourself, and then you learn. Hmm, why did they say don't touch the stove? And they told me not to touch the stove because I get burnt. I got burnt. Burn hurts. So I'm not going to do that anymore. We learn by trial and error. How many of you remember the cigarette lighters you, in cars? A lot of people, you know? Any of you ever been burnt by one? You know? You push the thing in and it pops out and you look. Oh, that's pretty. And you touch it. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, done that. A trial and error. You learn. No, don't touch the glowing metal. <laughs> it hurts. There's another thing that, that where we, we learn uh, order and we learn logic and things, and it's in mathematics. How many of you were good at math in school? Few of you. How many of you weren't? <laughs> okay. But but even though you weren't good at it, you, you still you, you probably you were learned in it. You did it, and you learned that there's an order and a logic to things. You might not have always got the right answer, but you know you you were still being taught how to do it. Let me give you a definition of mathematics. Mathematics is the abstract science of numbers, quantity, and space, either as abstract concepts, pure mathematics, or as applied to other disciplines such as physics and engineering. See, math makes sense and is orderly. Right? The numbers don't lie. How many of you have seen that movie, Hidden Figures? You haven't seen the movie? Raise your hand if you've seen Hidden Figures. Okay. Everyone else, your homework for this week is to watch Hidden Figures. It's an awesome movie. It's a... Yeah, they're playing it a lot. The plan, watch it. It's about these African-American women back in the 60s who worked for NASA and how smart they are with numbers and how they're involved in getting the man to the moon. 
involved in that. And, and one of the things is, is the numbers don't lie. The numbers won't lie. If you're doing it right, the numbers don't lie. The numbers always tell the truth. It always makes sense. I am going someplace with all this, all right? There's also logic and tactics and theory when it comes to waging war. You can't just go out and say, let's wage a war and not have a plan. Not have a plan. There's logic. There's theory to it. There is so much logic and theory to it and, and that there, um, we in this country and other countries, we have schools set up to teach about war. You know, Revelation is not going to learn war no more. Remember that song? But we learn war. You see, that we have military academies. We have military academies. We have the uh, United States Military Academy at West Point. You've got the Military Academy, the Air Force Academy. You've got the Naval Academy. There's also the Naval War College. So see, after you've gone to a military academy or you're an officer, then they send you to more schooling on how on, on more and better tactics on how to be a better commander, a better leader. Naval War College. Then there's the Air University. Air University, same thing. There's the National Defense University. There's the Army War College of the United States. There's also the Army Command and General Staff College. See, is for, for officers and for senior enlisted and uh, they, they'll go to these things, they'll learn, you know, and, and certain ones of these are requirements to make the next grade. You want to be promoted, you got to go to this. There's logic in it. But where do you go when the logic fails? Where do you go when you've tried all the formulas and you've tried all the theories? Where do you go? You've tried these things and, and it's not working. You, you grew up in church and you've heard all this stuff all your life, how to do all this stuff. And you've heard preachers on TV tell you certain things and, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But when you've tried all these things, where do you go when they fail? Well, pastor, I don't know where to go when it fails. I just get depressed. I just quit going to church. Because heaven forbid that there be people at church who need help. I'm not going to go to church because there's hypocrites there. That's like saying I'm not going to the hospital because there's sick people there. <laughs> you know if you chop a thumb off, you're headed to the ER. Why is it different for people who chop thumbs off, spiritually speaking, and they won't come to the place that can bring that back to life and put that thumb back on? Where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go after math? Get it? Get it? I didn't come up with it. <laughs> That's a God thing. After math, after all the logic and the theories have failed, where do you go? After math. 
do it God's way. Aftermath. I kind of fooled you with that. You thought it was going to be after something. No, it is after something. Aftermath. You know, after you've thought about it for a while, after you've tried it your way for a while, and you've got, you just got it banging your head against the wall, not getting anywhere, you know, you realize that you're insane. Because you keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. After math, then you turn to God and do it God's way. See, often we think we know what we're doing. I got a better idea. I know how to do this. I got it. I got this, God. I got to take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll do it. <laughs> I can just see God just shaking his head. I can just, you know, he's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you gonna, I've told him. I've told him. I've given him direction. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm leading him. I'm, I'm, spe- I'm not just kicking him out the door and saying, go to it, brother. You know, or sister. I'm giving you direction. But, you know, hey, if you want to go through the pain and you want to go through the misery, you know, I'll be there with you. But, you know, there is a better way. My way, Proverbs 14, 12, in the New King James says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. See, oftentimes we try to take our own way. We try to take the path of least resistance. And that path of least resistance leads us no place but straight to hell. It leads us no place but to heartache and to pain. It leads us not into life. It's leading us to death. Well, that was good, whether you think so or not. That was good. We are not about going the way of death. We are about going after the way of life. After math, then, you know, it's the way of life. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. You should know this. Hey, Nyoka. Maybe we need to get people to memorize this. I'm reading this from the Phillips New Testament. I just put one up there. Hopefully you can follow along. This is going to be a little bit different. So, but It says, Now faith means putting our full confidence in the things we hope for. It means being certain of things we cannot see. It was this kind of faith that won their reputation for the saints of old. And it is after all only by faith that our minds accept as fact that the whole scheme of time and space was created by God's command. That the world which we can see has come into being through principles which are invisible. Aftermath. Aftermath is the walk. We walk by faith. We're walking by faith. After we've tried the clinical, the logical, the formulas, the floor, and, and the forms, after math, we exercise our faith. God wants us to exercise in our faith first. First. Not after math, not after the logic and the theories and the and those and the things that are orderly and make make sense. That's not when God wants us to use faith. He wants us to use faith right from the very beginning. Stop 
about trying to figure it out yourself. You're going to go nuts trying to figure it out yourself if you're not already there. Hebrews 11.6 says this, and it's again out of the Phillips. It was because of his faith that Enoch was promoted to the eternal world without experiencing death. He disappeared from this world because God prom- promoted him, and before that happened, his reputation was that he pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. The man who approaches God must, after, must have faith in two things. First, that God exists, and secondly, that it is worthy man's while to try to find God. My favorite movie, Rudy. Rudy, for those of you who don't know, Rudy was this kid who had no talent back in the 70s. And his goal and his dream was to play football for Notre Dame. And uh, he ended up going to two years of junior college trying to get into Notre Dame. He's one scene is, is right before he finds out that, uh, that he has um, sent in his uh, enrollment request, his application for enrollment, and he's he's in the he's in the the, uh, the church. He's sitting there, and, and the priest that actually helped him and got him into Holy Cross University comes walking by with a couple of guys, and he stops and and he sits there and starts talking to him, and Rudy's like, Father, have I prayed? Have I done enough? What can I do? I don't, I don't think I prayed enough. Is there anything else that I can do? And, and, and the priest looks at him and he says, he says, you know, in 35 years of ministry, there's two incontrovertible truths that I've learned. First one is there is God. And the second one is I'm not him. I'm not him. I got news for you. Neither are you. Neither are you. It's faith. There is a God. And that He exists. And that He brings about the things that He's planned for your life. Enoch went to heaven. You can't see God without faith. Enoch had faith. Tell me, tell me that Noah didn't have faith. Never seen rain in his entire life. Never had rained. And God says, Noah, I want you to build an ark. Right. What's an ark? <laughs> well, it's a boat because it's going to rain. Right. What's rain? <laughs> well, that's the water's going to come down and, you know... And, and it took him how many years to build that thing? You don't think that he might have gotten a little, uh, you know, a little, well, no, he, he had faith. He believed God. He believed God. And everybody would come like, look at that nut building that. He's a nut. He's crazy. Ever been called a nut? Ever been called crazy? When you're standing and believing something that God has promised you, you stand and you believe it, and you say, I don't care what it looks like, I'm standing for my healing, I've released, excuse me, 
I release the word of healing into my life. I release the word of healing into my body. And now it, it doesn't look like it because of the tests that the doctors have done. It's, they're still saying, but I'm standing on the, plan, the promise that God healed me. That God took that away from me. That God, on the day that Jesus died, the day that he was beaten and bruised, that's the day that my healing occurred. By faith. I didn't see it happen. But the Bible tells me that it happened. And I believe it because it's God's holy word. It's infallible. Faith. Like I said last week, I don't know how the resurrection occurred. I don't, that doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. You die and then you, you raise yourself back up. But were you truly dead? You know, questions like that. I don't know how it happened, but I take it on the, the fact that Jesus and God said it happened. It's in the Word of God, and I believe it. Abraham then, Abraham's a hundred years old when he gets a kid. How many of you want to have kids at a hundred? I can't even imagine having kids now at 57. I wouldn't even want, I wouldn't even want to have kids now. Lord, help me. My brother, he's 50. He's four years younger than me, so he's he's still 52. He's not going to be, he'll be 53 in May. He's got a seven-year-old. <laughs> I don't know how the guy does it. More power to him. But faith, it takes faith. See, we're talking about, you know, I did, you can't just put faith up there as a title. How boring. But we're talking about faith this morning. We're talking about the things that don't seem right, the things that we don't understand, and we stand on them because they're promises from God. It's God's way. See, God's ways are higher than our ways. Sometimes, we, we, uh, sometimes what God's asking us to do doesn't make sense. Ever been there? God asking you to do something. <laughs> what? I just don't think that's a whole lot. That's very sensible, God. Trust me. Trust me. You see, I'm not bound by the restraints of time and space. I, I see what happened. I see what I've done, what I've been doing in your life back here, and what I brought you through, and I know what I'm taking you to. I'm believing. I, I have the best in mind for you. It's faith. I'm taking God at His word. I believe what God said. It's faith. Faith moves mountains. Scripture says in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. We must trust His ways and lean on His understanding. It's, it's not about what it's not about what you think is sensible. It's not about what you think is logical. It's not about that. It's what God says. And we take what God says by faith. Hey, by faith. Amen. By faith. You bet, Paul. I need your help. By faith. He remembers, he'll remember that. You're going to be a preacher, Paul. I, 
with God knows the beginning from the end. The beginning from the end. He knows where the beginning begins and he knows where the end is because, see, he never had a beginning or an end. Never had a beginning or an end. He always has been. Always has been. Another one of those things. I don't understand how that works. But because of the faith that we have in God, because of His eternity, because of His omnipresence and His omniscience and His omnipotence, I had to think there for a second and get them right. But because of that, because He always has been, because He's an eternal God, we have to be driven. Our lives need to be driven by eternity. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean that the stuff that goes on in the world today, the stuff that's going on, doesn't drive your life. Isn't what guides you and directs you. It's the, the eternity found in Jesus Christ in God. That's what I'm driven by. That's what you're driven by. Everything we do needs to be driven by the fact that God is eternal. And one day I'm going to be eternal with Him. That's what needs to drive our lives. I didn't get... That's not original, by the way. That's a John Bevere thing. I have a book on my desk called Driven by Eternity, and I'm reading it. But we're driven by the eternal. We're not driven by the temporal. We're not driven, you know, like the scripture says, we're not driven, tossed around by every wind and wave of doctrine, but we are built our house on the rock, we built our house on the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what drives us. The eternal drives us. But to be driven by eternity... We have to do what it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is from the Amplified. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him. And He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. See, to be driven by eternity, we've got to stop thinking about it ourselves. We've got to stop trying it our way and try it and deciding, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. No, we pray, God, how do you want me? God, what do you want me to wear to church this morning? God, what shoes do I need to wear? Pastor, that's kind of trivial. Maybe. But didn't you hear what he said? In most of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge Christ. In some of my ways, I'm going to acknowledge Him. It says, in all of my ways. Down to the very minute details of our lives. It's His way. If we want His best for our lives, then it has to be His way. His way. Let me give you some examples of God's way, and they don't make sense. Crossing the Jordan River. The priest had to step into the water with the ark. You got how many people that are going to cross the river? How do you do it? Well, let's build a bridge. No. 
Let's go around. Let's find a real narrow spot. No. Let's find a shallow spot. No. God told them, you priests, bear the ark. And you walk and you set foot into the Jordan River and you stand there. And when you enter the river, the river is going to... It opened. As the uh, King James says, hither and thither. <laughs> Hither and thither. Oh, I got a. My battery's down to 10%. Did it make sense? No, it didn't make sense. But when God said it, it has a purpose. They stepped in, the water, the obstacle in front of them moved. By faith, they stepped in. Here's another one. When you go into battle, who do you usually put in the front? You usually put your strongest. You usually put the most talented. You usually put the most trained. Not this time. God said, put the choir in the front. Put the worship team in front. <laughs> but God, um, they're not trained in war. I know that. Put them first. I'm going to read this to you. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20 to 25, and I'll try to read this very quickly. It says, So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who would sing to the Lord and who would praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. When they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry. When they had stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away, and they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. They did it God's way, and they prospered. They were blessed. They didn't have to do a thing. It's this, God wants us to know this. When you have a battle, when you have something that you're coming up against, what does he want us to do? He wants us to praise him. Praise him. It doesn't make sense. Praise him. I didn't agree. Praise him. Open up your mouth. Release the word. Praise God. Praise God. And you will see his salvation. You... They didn't even fight. They didn't even know what was going on. And God was already taking care of it. They were killing each other. When they get to the place where the battle's at, it's like, let's go. Let's go get some stuff. They got so much they couldn't carry it. It took them three days to get what they could get. God's telling you the same thing. 
when you put the singers first, when you praise in situations that you don't have control of, when you praise in battles, when you lead it off with praise, when it comes to the time that you think you're going to have to fight, you're going to be pulling in spoils. You're going to be pulling in and reaping blessings, not have to fight. His mothers, Moses, speaking to and striking a rock. How many of you know you don't go up and you talk to a rock and water comes out? Well, you strike a rock and water comes out. You strike a rock, you usually have a... Sp Your hand hurts. Watching a baseball game the other night, the guy hit a ball and... and they were showing in slow motion that he hits the ball, he hits it on the end of the bat, and it vibrates his hand, and as he's leaving the batter's box, he's doing this. You hit a rock, think you're going to have a problem when the same thing happened to you. God said, when God's involved, it doesn't make sense. Abraham taking Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice. Without a sacrifice. Go up. God says, take him up. Go up. God doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't. Take him up. Isaac wasn't up just some, some little kid. He was old enough to know what was going on. But, uh, Dad, uh, Where's the sacrifice? The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. I believe. I don't know. I'm not taking it with me. I'm going. And because God said it's his. See if it's God's. If it's God's idea, it's God's check. It's God's check. You're not responsible for it. He is. He's responsible for paying the bill when it's his idea. When it's your idea, he might get you out of it. But when it's God's idea, it's God's check, and God pays the bills. God will not ask you to do something that he's not going to give you the ability to do it. He's not going to prepare you to do it. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. In every area, not just being a pastor or a team. When God calls you to do something, God will qualify you to do that thing. How about Joshua? I want you, for seven days, for six days, I want you to take all however many million of you there are. You ever think about that? How many of there were? Well, they left with about a million or two million people when they left Egypt. Okay? So they go in. They got, he says, take all your people. I want you to march around the wall of the city once a day for six days. I don't want you to say anything. I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to walk. Can you imagine how freaked out the people in Jericho were? 
freak me out. You get a million people walking around the walls of your city and not saying anything. creepy that's creepy and then they come out the next day and they do it again and the next day and they do it again six days and then God says and then on the seventh day I want you to walk around the city seven times number of completion and when on the seventh time when I give the word I want you to yell I want you to shout I want you to scream. I want you to blow the trumpets. I want you to blow as loud as you can. Does that make sense to you? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. There's the faith in God's word that they did. That they completed and they did it. And then on the seventh day, the seventh time around, and they yelled and they blew. Nayok and I were talking about this the other day about, about being resonant with the Word of God and resonant. Everything has a resonant frequency. Everything vibrates at a spe specified frequency. And our, spe our specified frequency should be the frequency of the Holy Spirit. We would get in contact with the Holy Spirit and that frequency of His and then we start to vibrate and we start to... Everything has one. Isn't the frequency? And when they hit that, when they hit that shout, those walls just went. Boom. Why? Because of the resonant frequency that they hit. The frequency of Jesus Christ, the frequency of the Holy Spirit. They hit that frequency, and the and the spirit just went. <sighs> I want him to do that in some areas of my life. To me, be just be so. That's why the scripture says that we come to him as little children. Because when you come as a little child, you're going to do whatever whatever he tells you to do. You're not going to try to figure it out. I remember when my my kids were little, my, especially my uh, my youngest son. I used to. How many of you ever used to go like this, grab it, and then tell him you got their nose? Yeah, my my son believed me. He started to cry because he thought I literally had his nose. That's the way God wants us to come to him. So that we believe everything that he says. We take everything that he says literally. Without question. By faith. Another thing is, scripture says that, that we lay our lives down so that we can... Take them back up. See, we serve so that we can lead. This is backwards, isn't it? You know, we, 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 we have to lay our lives down, life down. If we want eternal life, the scripture says we lay our lives down. We lay them down. If we, want, if we want to lead, then we have to become a servant. If you're not willing to pick up a toilet brush, then, you know, leadership is beyond you. You'll never be in leadership. Never be in leadership if you're not willing to do the most mundane, the most menial, the dirtiest thing there is to do. If you're not willing to do that, you will never be raised up to a leadership position. 
Jesus served. Jesus served. When we engage in God's God's plan, sometimes it's said that, that we're turning things upside we're turning things upside down. Have you ever heard that or said that? You know, we're going to turn the world upside down for Christ. It's exactly the opposite. We're turning things right side up because the fall of man in the Garden of Eden turned things upside down. And when we accept Christ as our personal Savior and we take what He did for us, then now we are turning things back the way it belonged. We are restoring things to its rightful position, the way it belongs. That's what's happening. We're not turning it upside down. We're turning it right side up. We can't rely on our own thinking. We can't rely on our own thinking. We have to rely on the Word of God. Ask a math. Ask a math. What are you going to do? Ask a math. Well, I, 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 I propose to you that we don't wait till after math. We eliminate the after part and then we step out into faith right from the very beginning. Right from the very beginning. I don't want to be like... Um, We're on the same wavelength here. We're supposed to come. <laughs> We're one. <laughs> I don't want to be like Jonah. God told me to do something and I hit I hit the highway and go the other way. You realize that Jonah went as far away in the opposite direction as he could go to get away from what God was telling him to do. that there are other people who paid a price for that. The guys on the boat, they paid the price for Jonah's disobedience. He was so adamant about not doing what God told him to do and, to, and not taking God at his face value and saying, God, in faith, I'm going to do what you told me to do. He was so adamant about it, he said, just throw me overboard. He's thinking, kind of, kind of weird, but he's thinking that, oh, you throw me overboard, I'm going to drown, and then I'm not going to have to do it. If God wants you to do something, you're going to do it. You're not going to be able to throw yourself overboard and drown yourself because God's not going to make sure that doesn't happen. He's going to make you the first seal. You know what a seal is, right? Sea, air, and land, Navy SEALs. He was the first one. But you know why? He was the first one on a submarine ride. He was deployed from a submarine. He was. 
one thing I never thought of too is 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 the fact that um, Jonah probably didn't get spit out on the shores of Nineveh. He probably got spit out back in Tarsus where he was started out, so that he could actually make his way back the right way. You're gonna do it God's way. The children of Israel wandered around for forty years until they learned to do it God's way. By faith. By faith, you speak to the mountain, and the mountains will be thrown into the sea. This morning I was praying, and I was throwing things into the sea. By faith. I'm not waiting until, well, I've tried it this way, God, and I've tried it this way, and there's, I read this book, and it gave, it, gave a, you know, it gave a formula for doing this. How often do we do that? We read a book, or we, we hear somebody's sermon, and they give you a formula how to do something. You try it, and it's not working. That's the formula God gave them. It's the same reason that everything that you try to do in a church, you can't always go and take the pattern of another church and say, oh, let's apply that to our church and we'll have the same results. Uh, By faith, we walk and we do what God tells us to do. We go where God tells us to do. We say what God tells us to say. We act the way God tells us to act. By faith, because we know that in the end, it's going to be His glory that's gotten and not ours. Let's all stand. Come on, stand. Aftermath. Aftermath, what are you going to do? somebody here who doesn't know Christ as their personal Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Him. If you don't know Him and, and, and you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit in your heart, if that's what that is, I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? So I will take it that we are all believers in this place. We are all born again. So now my question is this, you say, Pastor, I suffer from a little bit of OCD spiritually, and I'm so worried about the rules and the formulas and the logic that, that I'm leaving out the important thing of trusting and believing God by faith. I've tried to do things on my own in ways that I thought were made logic, made sense, but they haven't worked. And you know what you would say, Pastor? I want to have my faith increased. I want to begin to use and step out of the faith that God has given me, that measure of faith. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. See, because we can't do it on our own. It doesn't matter how we think it should be. It doesn't matter how we think things should happen. It's the way God wants it to happen. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that that you have given and imparted to each one of us a measure of faith. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us for waiting for the aftermath. God, and, and waiting and trying to do things on our own self and being frustrated and, and 
misled and taken places we didn't want to be, God, because we didn't step out in faith and we didn't listen to you. God, forgive us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to step out, to trust you, to trust what you say, to live what you say, God, so that we know the way, so that we can walk by faith and not by sight. Father, the just shall live by faith. Help us to live by faith, not after logic and formulas.